Good, e <clears throat> Good afternoon to you all. Uh, this is Pastor Neil Wemus. I'm recording a bit of a message on the fly here. I'm going to start with the reading from Luke chapter 7. It writes, Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain. His dis disciples and a great crowd went with him. As he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. A considerable crowd from the town was with her, and when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came up and touched the bier, and the bearers stood still, and he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him to his mother. Fear seized them all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen among us, and God has visited his people. And this report about him spread throughout the whole of Judea, in all the surrounding country. <clears throat> Dean, Tracy, Owen, I, I record this message as I just got back from the funeral a little while ago. And as a pastor... It's kind of a weird little emotion and a little weird feeling today. Because on the one hand, I knew a big part of me as a pastor wanted to be a part of that service. But I knew I could not even offer that. Because of the fact that I knew Pastor Nitzel had to be the person there. Pastor Nitzel is the one, he's a pastor in Hartley. He's the past, he is right now the pastor of May City. And he's the one that's going to be there in the times to come. As difficult as they are going to be. And so it was very, I did not even step in that way and I was very glad that he was there and he's been there. And that he was... That he did that service. It was better than myself or Pastor Johnson doing it. The very fact of the role that he's going to serve in the months to come. Now, that being said, it's kind of similar to the situation I had a year ago when, a little over a year ago, my uncle died. And I wanted to... Same thing was, my uncle was very, very supportive of my pursuit to becoming a pastor. As such, I knew I had to have some role, something to say to my aunt and my cousins. And so, kind of what I did is I let that service be the job of my aunt's pastor. But I created a message nonetheless because I'm a pastor 
And that's what we do. And so I read this, read this text. The reason is, is because you have this story. Jesus is out with his disciples. And they come across this funeral procession. This widow and her son who had died. Sounds very familiar, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Now, in Jesus' time, there's an extra cultural difficulties that were going on here. Because he, in the culture of Jesus, when a mother, when a when a woman loses her husband, the person who was charged to care for her was her son. Because, in, of, of, rather, granted it's unfair of the culture, it's just the simple reality of it, is that women by themselves did not survive. And so her losing her son, her only son, was... You know, it was going to be very hard for her. She would have nothing. She would probably fall into poverty. But, she doesn't. But, would she, so, would, so Jesus comes to her in this very difficult state. And he says to her, and I don't like the English, it says, do not weep. I don't like that. The English doesn't uses the wrong verbiage. The better way of saying it would be stop grieving. In other words, when he's, he's not condemning her. He's not mad at her that she's grieving because grief is what we're supposed to be. You know, you guys, you all should be grieving. It's very appropriate. As a pastor, I learned to love and care for so many people. And I know when I heard that Cole had died, I was crying for most of that morning. I remember calling Pastor Nitzel to get the information on what had happened. And I had to hang up the phone earlier than normal. I had to end the call sooner. Because I found myself breaking up. And Nicole had such a life to him. So much energy, so much happiness, so much joy. And to hear that he had died, it's very, very difficult to hear that, to know that. I mean, just a few days ago, a few days before that, I preached a sermon. And I called back to Ash Wednesday. On Ash Wednesday, we do what is known as the imposition of the ashes. And so we place an ash in the form of a cross upon the forehead of everybody. And I made this comment in my sermon on Wednesday. I said... I even put that ash on Shedlin's forehead saying, 
Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Knowing that when I say that, I am telling that child that you are, that they're dying. That they will die one day. We don't know when, where, or how. And only a few days later to hear that Cole died. It's a slap of, you, you know it. But when it happens, it is very difficult. You as parents, I cannot even imagine the grief that you are feeling. Oh, and I cannot imagine what it feels like to not have your best of friends right there. You've been growing up with all those years, not being able to play with him and have fun with him. You're not able to grow up together. You're not going to be able to see him go to, go to school. You won't be able to see him, you know, meet a girl. You're not going to be able to see him graduate from high school. To go to college. I mean, that's going to just haunt you, and I know it. And... We want to know answers. Why now? Why here? Why him? We all come up with answers. But the thing is, is unless you are God, unless I am God, I can't give an answer. But it's interesting is when Jesus comes to that, that woman, that widow, he doesn't try to explain away the death. Death is tragic. And the reality is that I've done a lot of funerals and I'm going to tell you the straight up truth is it's always tragic. It's always hard. I mean, sometimes they're harder than others and true. But it's always tragic. There's always a sense of tragedy. Because the fact is death isn't natural. Death is the consequence of this broken world. It is a slap in the face reminding us how bad this world really is. And so Jesus, he first thing is he grieves with this, he's, he tends to the mother. And then he turns and tells the boy to get up and he does, he wakes up. Now the temptation here is to think, oh, maybe Jesus, I mean, maybe one might say, maybe Jesus could do the same for me. You know, if he could just bring him back. The wishful thinking. But the thing is, is that you read in this, if you really think about it, it wasn't that good of a gig to be risen from the dead. To be risen from the dead... In the way that Jesus did was actually a cross to bear. Because that son, the widow's son, would die again. He would become sick again and he would die again. He was raised because his mother needed him. His resurrection 
was his cross to bear for the sake of his mother. But the reason why Jesus showed compassion on this mother and why this happened the way it did is because Jesus knew what was coming. And see, this is what we look to when evil, when suffering befalls us. We don't try to answer why or how or whatever. All we have is to look at who our Lord is. The reason Jesus grieved with that mother is because he knew that his mother, before long, she too would be a widow. And she too would be standing, be sitting, standing there and watching her son die a brutal, painful, agonizing death. He knew that his mother, who held him in his arm, her arms when he was just a baby to lay him in that manger, would also hold his body, his dead body, as it was brought down from the cross. But he also knew. See, when the raising of that widow's son at Nain, he was telling her, he was telling the whole world that he, the son of a widow, the only kind, functionally the only son of a widow, would die, but he would rise. He would emerge from the tomb, risen, victorious, conquering sin, death, and the devil. And you see, it's because of that that all of us will see a resurrection. One of the cool promises is that coal From what I've been told, he died just playing, enjoying life. Enjoying what was a beautiful day on Saturday. If it's anything up there like it was here, it's gorgeous. It was a day to be out playing. He died doing what he loved, what children love. And when he breathed his last breath on this earth, He breathed it anew in the presence of Jesus. And he received a hug and a warm embrace like he's never seen. He's never felt before. His grandmother Nancy, who died, whose funeral I was at not long ago, she was there ready to embrace him as well. In the yard that he had to play at your farm, he's got a so much bigger yard now. 
And he won't get hurt again. He can play and enjoy life like he never has before. And he's waiting for us to join him. And they say us, all people that he loved. Especially you, the three of you, and you, the entire family. He is waiting for you. But he's not impatient. He knows you will come to, you'll be with him when the time comes. I don't know when that'll be. He doesn't know when it will be. But he knows it'll be in God's time. And it will be the right time. We don't understand why or how or when. But we only know that God loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us. That we would not perish, but have eternal life. The death of Jesus. The death of that son, of the widow who is known as Mary. Guaranteed that Cole has eternal life. And it guarantees that the day will indeed come. That we will, he will walk through that grave. Jesus will walk through that graveyard and he will say to all of them, Arise, wake up, get up. Just as that widow's son rose from the dead, so shall Cole, shall Nancy, his grandmother, so you shall you the, all of you. And the reason I know this about Cole is because he believed in his Lord. He loved his Jesus. You taught him. You made sure he came to vacation Bible school, that he was in Christmas programs. You made sure he heard about Jesus when and whatever he could. He's with Jesus. He was hugged by the Jesus who you taught him about. And the day is going to come that that same Jesus is going to, that that Jesus is going to raise Cole up bodily. I don't know what that's going to look like. I'm not going to say he's going to be like a small child. He might look like an adult. I don't know. But I know he will be stronger than he ever, even as a child. Jesus still has something awesome in store for you, for him. For all who believe. Until that day comes. I pray. That you find peace. And you find comfort when and wherever you need it. Do not. If you are connected to me on Facebook. Feel free to message me if you need to talk. Otherwise Pastor Nitzel. Is going to be there, and he'll be ready to be there for you and talk with you. And here, here's as I finish, I should mention 
That widow's son, when he was raised, it was a cross, it was a burden. When we rise, it won't be a burden. It will be bliss, it will be paradise. It will not be hunger, it will not be thirst, it will not be cold, no scorching heat. It will always be a beautiful sunny day, May I guess. Maybe, I don't know what it will exactly look like. But it's going to be awesome. And it will never end. There will never be death again. Where Cole is... He knows the reality of where there is no death, no sickness, none of that. Let's look forward to the day that we join him in that. But until then, keep raising Owen up in that faith. Owen, if you happen to be listening to this, Keep learning about that same Jesus. Keep hearing about him. Whenever you have chance. Because here's something cool. When you go to our... Wherever Jesus is, that's where Cole is. You spend time with Jesus. Cole is not far away. That's why it says in Hebrews 12, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Cole is one of those great witnesses. So I'm going to end with Revelation 7. And this is the reality that is the reality for Cole. Let me get to it here in a second. It says, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one can number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, before Jesus. This is, Cole is in this great multitude. Clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. And crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, who are these clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. He said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne 
will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. That is where Cole is. Right there. The multitude arrayed in white. With that, I'm going to leave you with a hymn that kind of describes the place that Cole is at now. The name of the hymn that I'm going to sing is Jerusalem the Golden. If you have a Lutheran service book, it is 672. And I'm going to sing it. I'm not going to record, play a recording like it did at the start. Jerusalem the golden With milk and honey blessed The promise of salvation The place of peace and rest We know not, oh we know not What joys await us there the radiant sea of glory, the bliss beyond compare. Within those walls of Zion sounds forth a joyful song, as saints join with the angels and all the martyr throng. The prince is ever with them, the daylight is serene, the city of the blessed shines bright with glorious sheen. Around the throne of David, the saints from Carilist raise loud their songs of triumph to celebrate the feast. They sing to Christ their leader, who conquered in the fight. Who won for them forever their gleaming robes of white? Oh, sweet and blessed country, the home of God's elect. Oh, sweet and blessed country that faithful hearts expect. In mercy, Jesus, bring us to that eternal rest with you and God the Father and Spirit ever blessed. The Lord bless you and keep you all in this time, in this period. In Jesus' name, amen.